Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Well, there's no cannon in this one, right? Today is Friday, the 12th of March, 2020. This is the Speakeasy. It's it's open early this morning, so uh, I don't know what Kyle Robertson's lid lifter is, uh, but he's with us, as is our fine uh, crew beat writer, Jacob Myers. I'm Mike Arace. Thanks for joining us. It's been a little bit, maybe three weeks, a month. Jacob, you know everything. How long has it been since our last Speakeasy? Probably about a month, I think you're Yeah, right. probably about a month. Yeah, we, we got in there. And uh, we're coming up on, I, I guess, the latest news is as of two days ago, within the last 48 hours, the league did announce, at the very least, an opening MLS date for every team. Is that is that correct? And, and where does the rest of the uh, schedule stand? And what is the crew's opening day here, if not in Columbus, within the league? The first game at you know, what they're calling historic crew stadium. I'm just calling old crew stadium is April 15th in champions league, but they do start the MLS season, April 18th at home against supporter shield winners, Philadelphia union. That's five 30 uh, on FS one. So pretty, pretty cool that that is one of the main attractions for the opening weekend, probably going to be rotated lineup since both are in champions league, but really cool to see. And I think the question now is just like how many, what, what will their schedule kind of look like here on out? And will the league actually honor their request to have more home games in the new stadium? Or will they kind of front load it like they have in, in past years? Or will they move the team to another city? You just don't <laughs> you just don't know with this league uh, and the crew. Uh, Kyle, uh, Champions League. Are you looking forward to Champions League? I mean, this is one of those things where uh, you get into the higher strata of MLS and and, uh, your plate starts to fill up here. And, you know, we're all going to talk about it in a minute, but uh, how you uh – uh, adjust your roster and and pad it to to withstand such a season. But it's coming. The Champions League is coming at us uh, more quickly than than any than anything else. Yeah, no, I think it's a good test to see where we are, uh, where the MLS is. I guess uh, that'd be a better statement. Um, you know, they've they've gotten close, but they haven't quite got there yet. Um, so maybe this is the year. But I think it's always exciting because I think the league has has uh, upped. Up the players and up the the the, the play so much that I you know I think that um, these MLS teams should be doing pretty well in these you know in these big bigger tournaments. So it's exciting for the crew. I think yeah, they've gotten um, close. They've gotten close uh, within the last couple of years. So maybe this is one of the years they punch through. The crew plays in Nicaragua at Real Esteli on April eighth at eight o'clock. Uh, that's on. Uh, April 8th, as I said, in Nicaragua. I don't think they're playing that in Esteli. Uh, Jacob, are they playing that in the big stadium in Managua? I don't know. There was, I can't remember where I found it initially because when I was writing up their matchup, I did find that last time Real Esteli was in it, they weren't able to play at that stadium for some type of, I don't think a, like a capacity requirement, but for whatever reason, their stadium, I guess, wasn't fit to do it. And I couldn't find if that was the case again 
this time. So you might be right on that, Mike. I actually don't well, know. We'll be, I, we'll be, I, thought, I thought I saw a national stadium tag on it somewhere. But we'll look into that. Of course, the fans can Google it, too, and, and uh, just call Keith Nash. And that's April 8th at 8 o'clock. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then the second leg uh, of that round of 16 series against Real Esteli is April 15th here at what is now called, with a capital H, Historic <laughs> Crew Stadium. Can they get the at least, I mean, right next door is, is the Ohio History Connection. Can they at least get a sponsor there? I mean, don't charge them much or at least put the name out. How about Ohio Historic Connection Historic Crew Stadium, Kyle? I just want to know, is is it all going to be capitalized like Moffray was? Well, that's what it said. on. I think it says it on their schedule. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you mean the whole thing with the history and the connection and such? Well, yeah, that that would be um, that'd be too many capital letters, in my opinion. Um, but Jacob's uh, he's he's among the younger set and he's much cooler than you and I. There has been a signing, Jacob Myers. Tell us about Alex Montan. Why did they get him, first of all? How did they get him? And give us some of the details about the acquisition, if you would. Sure. Yeah, it's a multi-year deal. I don't know exactly how long it is. The re- reports from Romania, which which had the link first, was about uh, 1.5 million euros, which is about $1.8 million American. And, and I was able to confirm that it's about that. So, you know what, I guess you can look into the transfer fee how you want, but that's I think an inclination that they really believe that this guy is is a good talent, um, and it's an investment for what's essentially a reserve player. One, however, who will fit in. They have so many competitions this year and compacted international windows as well. If you look at who they could lose in those, they could lose up to three wingers with Luis Diaz, Kevin Molino, and Derek Etienne Jr. So Matan provides cover for Zellerayon at the ten, and he can also start on the wings at least that's the idea right now when they have to so 21 year old guy a guy that they think will be a part of their future caleb porter said he had been on the radar for about six months and i think probably a little before that but they really started looking at him about six months ago he said so you know not a part of the world you really see a ton of players come to mls i think the obvious connection was Matriza with NYCFC, which is why some initial reports in Romania linked Matan, which that's how they're pronouncing his name. But if you want to do the Romanian, it's Matzan. They had initially Hold linked on. him with Kyle. How do you, how are you going to pronounce it? Cause we usually go with Kyle here. He's the artist. I, I follow what you guys say I'm, I'm terrible with pronunciations. The, the crew, the crew pronunciation guide said Matan. So we'll, we'll about, just go with that. What about Patrick Flaherty? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I'll go with the crew's pronunciation. Okay, which is Jacob, and please continue. Yeah, Alex Maton, which I I guess is something to do with, like, it means, like, killer in Spanish or something like that. So they kind of like that, I guess. But, yeah, so the initial link was with NYCFC. That was wrong. It was was the crew. But, yeah, $1.8 million for a guy who they want to develop multi-year deal. So uh, they, they did need cover at the number 10. I think anyone who watched 
last year. Nagby certainly can play that position, but you don't want to take him out of his natural position. And Santos, I, I think the same deal, but although he could be a little loose in possession sometimes. So with the amount of games that they have, international windows, they, they definitely needed to add a player there, and, and they did so. And I think it's just another acquisition that probably turned some heads around the league. Of just yeah. this, this team is super deep this year. I was going to say, that I think it's part of the, the evolution of this team. I mean, this team isn't a bottom dweller, you know, money-wise, you know, Three years ago, four years ago, you would have never seen a move like this. You know, they're they're paying money for 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 an asset. You know, hopefully down the road that they could probably you know sell or flip or you know, and 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 I think they need to do it. And you know, I think they've moved up in the you know the top half you know of the league with spending money wise. And you know, I think for crew fans, they should be pretty excited because for the longest time you would have never seen a move like this. You know, uh, last week uh, I exchanged text with. Uh, Dr. Pete Edwards, who is obviously a minority owner of the team, but was for you know 25 years the the team doctor and and continues to be a practicing orthopedic surgeon. And my my question to him was, uh, and this was a story I was working on about the Dallas Stars. My question was, is it possible, humanly possible, to play 40 games in 70 days, 40 NHL games in 70 days, as the Dallas Stars must do, beginning as of you know earlier this month. The reason being. Their schedule was uh, was riven with postponements and compacted later due to COVID and uh, well mainly COVID and also because of Texas's independent energy grid which broke down amid winter storms. To make a long story longer, Dr. Pete's answer simply was that part of his answer was that's why we went out and padded. Essentially, is what he said because this year and MLS doesn't even have a schedule yet, and we don't know how COVID's going to impact it, but. Uh, this year they want to they want to be ready given given all the 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 other competitions they want to be ready for any contingencies as best as possible that's why they're loaded up and uh, I think obviously as Jacob mentioned this this latest signing is, is an indication of that okay now there's uh, always we'll go with our artist here and and our uh, well-known renowned designer Kyle Robertson with this question Kyle and it's it's always a point of contention uh, every every time they come up especially when uh, they're trotting out periwinkle shorts but what do you think um, and by the way they're not trotting out periwinkle shorts this year but Kyle what do you think of the uh, new jersey the new kit as it were there uh, I said it the new kit what do you yeah, think no. I think, you know, it's not great. It's not terrible. You know, I think it's one of those ones that, you know, probably grow on me, you know, as you kind of see them out there. But it's not the end of the world. I think they're fine. And young Jacob, <laughs> you stylish young man. I don't really care about jerseys, to, to be quite honest. Like, oh, he doesn't like him, Kyle. He doesn't want to say it. No, no. Ser- if you want my honest opinion, they have like gold in the shorts. So people like I understand people who are upset with the gray shirt, but there's still some gold in the kit. So what's um, your dishonest opinion? My dishonest opinion? Well, you're giving your honest opinion. What's the flip side? (laughs) I don't really know. I just truly don't care too much about Jersey releases. I don't understand why there has to be a new Jersey every single year. And I rather just see like maybe a new third kit every year, but obviously there are some like MLS contingencies on like why or when teams can have a third jersey also it's important to remember and to put all this in context is mls and adidas has a lot of control over what the design can look like so just i i guess take that with a with a grain of salt and put that in context because if you really look at all the jersey releases around the league 
pretty much every single team has a white slash gray jersey. And I think that spells it out pretty clear that there's a ton of monotony in, in MLS and Adidas designs. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you want the league designing your jersey. I read that Adidas, Adidas is going to take even more control going forward. And Kyle, you know, we it's, it's tough here, the original black and gold in that interim period when the crew was in that limbo where uh, everyone had a movie including the commissioner you know the league was handing their colors out to anyone who wanted them you know wanted them you know lafc you want to be black and gold go right ahead you know we don't even have black and gold anymore and uh, if you want banana colored shirts in nashville hey you know fine uh, there's there's no other yellow shirts in this league so it is tough you know, I don't mind them. It is curious to me, but it's a cultural thing I'll have to grow accustomed to that, you know, every time you move or you do anything, there has to they have to put new stitching on something or change a color or put in a gradation of something or basically. Give us a retro down. jersey. You know, ah, I agree. I would yeah. go back to those those '96 jerseys yeah, the of black some kind. Stripes on the thing, yeah. Not, re- not reverse retro. Don't no. put like not like the <laughs> like the Blue Jackets. They they put a Confederate flag yeah, on the Blue Jackets, which which doesn't work for me. Anyway, I'll say two more things on yes. on that, Mike. Please um, do. We not we meaning media, but just like all of people who pay attention to jerseys and stuff like that like teams get criticized for being monotonous and doing the same thing so i i guess it's worth you know mentioning they're they're trying to be bold and try something new if, if people don't like it then then they don't like it but at the same time they um are trying to do something different so i think i guess that can be yeah. credited and plus i had asked uh dr pete edwards and tim Bezbachenko if gray and, and white would be part or or I asked if it would be the primary color moving forward. And both of them said the crew will continue and always be black and gold. So uh, we'll measure that with what happens in the future, of course. But I just wanted to uh, put in, I guess, what they had said about that. So their plans as of now, it sounds like gold will continue to be in the primary color. And Bezbachenko even said at some point the banana kit will return. I hope so. And I'm sure it will. I, You know, I don't mind the jersey, Kyle, to be honest. To be dishonest as well, it, it, you know, the gray with the offset yellow shorts looks looks pretty good. OK, Jacob, I'm curious about the tickets wrinkle. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans are as well. And that is that uh, to this point, the league has only seen fit to announce teams first games. They're home openers. Uh, it's home openers, correct? The, te- the league has announced everybody's home opener. And so how do you sell the other 33, I guess, is the question is one way to put it. The schedule release date is still unknown right now, but other reports I have seen Stephen Goff at the Washington Post said it's uh, probably another couple weeks. Obviously, it's incredibly complicated schedule this year with all those international windows, as I had mentioned. But yeah, I did a story and talked to crew chief business officer Steve Lyons about the status of season ticket sales at the new stadium. And they wouldn't say exactly what their goal was for how many ticket sales to have this year. And they wouldn't say where they were in meeting that goal. What they would say is so far they've sold out four of six premium spaces. They believe they will sell out all those premium spaces, including suites. And they believe they'll sell out the Nordic as well. So a couple things on that. I think we can infer that they're probably a little behind on what their initial goal was for general seating tickets. Pandemics are a problem sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's incredibly nuanced. I, I don't think we can really 
make a determination on if that's reflective of a lower interest level in tickets for the new stadium or around the crew than before. I mean, I think we could probably look at the past of when the crew went to, you know, MLS Cup in 2015. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but they saw a pretty significant surge in uh, interest uh, attendance that year, even for not a great team. So I think we could probably assume that that would have carried over in normal times. However, also a factor, tickets are not real cheap compared to the rest of the okay. league at the new stadium. Nordec is the cheapest tickets at $450 per year. It's still higher than the league average, but factor in the price of what the new fan experience is at a new stadium. You can make a judgment if that's reasonable or not. Outside of Nordec, the cheapest GA ticket is second highest in MLS, much more expensive than Cincy. Only Austin is higher. LAFC is probably higher, but they weren't in that um, Charlotte Observer comparison story that I'm citing here. So all that's to say it's a very nuanced issue. They've also uh, hinged a lot of what their marketing efforts were going to be on this experience center that they haven't really been able to use in the short north. So that's had a big impact. And then, as you said, people like the pandemic, just people tightening uh, their budgets a bit, not knowing how many games they'll get to go to if they purchase tickets, not knowing when they're going to be vaccinated or comfortable with all this. Uh, it's, you know, they'll start with 30 percent capacity. But I think it's fair just to kind of lay out all of those things. And it's it's impossible to determine exactly if they were to disclose those numbers, if that's reflective of any kind of interest level or not. Oh, I guess we have uh, one or two questions that uh, Kyle solicited on Twitter here now. All right. Uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but we haven't. But, Jacob, uh, from your talkings with everyone, do you have uh, – um, somebody wants to know how many games will be played at the historic fairgrounds before they make the move down to the arena district. Is there any gauge or any, like, number yet from the crew? Yeah, I had written about this a couple weeks ago. Little promo here, having a flash sale for Dispatch Digital subscriptions, $39 a year. Just got to plug that in there. That's good. I mean, yeah, you got to sell the newspaper here. The crew is aiming for 13 to 14 games at the new stadium. That's a plan now. Bezbachenko said, essentially, you know, don't hold me to that because they don't know. And I will be super curious just to compare how the league works around Austin's schedule because they don't have a home opener until like June when that stadium opens. They got power down. They got power down there. It appears so. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't have a stadium yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they pause a little bit while the the crew continued plugging away during the pandemic, but yeah, they're aiming to 13 to 14 league games at the new stadium. So that would be three to four at uh, old crew stadium. This one, um, I think this one is um, probably a lot of the, the crew fans want to know this because a lot of people have been kind of cutting cutting cords. What is a team or MLS doing to help people watch the crew, either with Bali Sports or Fox SN, whatever, or cable or what? Is there Have you talked to anyone about what the situation is for this coming up season about how to watch the crew? I have not. I have not done uh, reporting on that yet so for those that didn't see i think bali sports is just going to be the new name for some regional sports networks owned by sinclair i believe who, who owns those uh which includes sto and and nfs ohio 
I don't know about that. Um, myself, I'm going to have to expand my TV package just to get the cruise game in Nicaragua since um, I won't be going to that. But yeah, so I know this is an issue for a lot of people, but I haven't heard of exactly what the cruise plans are of now. All right. And then it says, taking into account the access to food and the distance to the Nordeca gate, where is the best parking for the new stadium? Well, I, I know there's like parking close by that will be for like premium sections. There's a detailed list on the crew stadium site. I don't have a map in front of me. I can't tell you which meters are three there's... hours versus two hours. But um, <laughs> like my, download, my advice, the app, right? Yeah. My advice, park somewhere near High Street, have have a beverage or two, maybe go to uh, go to Betty's as you're walking down to the stadium and, you know, enjoy enjoy the brisk walk. Just for a, a bigger picture of that, you know, this these are things we've been looking at for a couple of years, Kyle, a uh, couple, three years. Uh, and it was that uh, how many parking spots are within this ring, that ring and the other ring. I mean, there's plenty of parking around. There's nothing on top of the place. You're not pulling into a fairgrounds lot, obviously, and no. tailgating. I think Jacob's on to something. To me, like the best thing to do would be park somewhere. Like it doesn't even matter uh, a half mile, a mile, two miles away. And there are plenty of parking places yeah. within within those rings, you know. Uh, but uh, me, I'd, I'd park somewhere where you know I'd want to duck into a place and I'd get a scooter. You know, I mean that 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 to me looks like the best thing to do. I I'd be on my bike. Going going to these games and that's the way that's the way I'm I'm looking at it right now. We'll see how the things actually work. Unless you know I I'm not like Jacobs. I don't have the kind of money to pay for the premium parking. Hey, I Mike, you make more than me. <laughs> I would assume. Hey, we get reimbursed. Come on, guys. <laughs> I just looked on their website. It says 6,300 parking spaces within a 10 minute walk. Right. Uh, if if you're bad. familiar with going to Huntington Park and Blue Jackets games, I would just anticipate parking at any of those spaces, that's, um, that's or, well, or going or going down to Park Street, you know, on the weekend pre-pandemic. Well that is that is well said. There's a stadium in the city now, and, and things are going to change that way. Then, All right, any other questions, so we Kyle? We got two more. What do you guys? What are your uh, thoughts on the uh, the local food announcement uh, in the stadium here coming this? Well, culture crafted brewing. I have to, you know, tip my hat to the crew for uh, getting the only or, or I guess the first black owned brewery in Columbus as one of the vendors. Uh, you know, that's substantive action there by, by the crew. So hats off for that. Um, all the other ones, you know, I, I think I should get dragged a little for this. I have not been to is Dirty Frank's, right? I haven't yeah. been there or Schmidt's and I've lived in Columbus my entire life. I, I think the bigger question is just like how it's much sad. this whole cost. It's a sad statement. Have you played? Have you played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons? I, I've never played such. You know what? I'll say this about the food. And I had this conversation with a colleague who's a few years younger than I, so a couple of middle-aged old men, and uh, we were talking about uh, the crew's announcement about their vendors and comparing it to um, the the Blue Jackets and under the larger scope of of, uh, of team marketing overall. And uh, you know, we both concluded that the crew's got a lot more going on in terms yeah. of in terms of that. Uh, not only what they're offering in their in their stadium, but you know how they're doing it, why they're doing it, and how they're appealing to younger people. It's it's night and day compared with the stodgy old dusty uh, Blue Jackets. I'd agree with that, Mister uh, the one and the only Morgan Hughes would like to know which pizza style is better, Connecticut or Steubenville. See, he knows the answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he knows the answer. So like why I'm not going to I'm not going to humor him, you know? I will say the best pizza is always free pizza. Oh, that's weak, Carl. <laughs> you know what? I would say uh, the best pizza in Morgan's world is is uh, Upper Arlington Pizza north of Lane. So there you have it. Any is that any other questions, be they uh, ill-advised or actual? I think that's pretty much about it. So. All right. Uh, well, Jacob, do you have anything to add? Is anything broken since we, uh, since we got on the air here? Because uh, you're all over it. Yeah, I spoke with GM and President Tim Bezbachenko this past week for a pretty extensive Q&A on a, a wide range of subjects, including uh, the training ground. They're looking to get in there at the beginning of June, maybe the second week of June. He said either the 5th or the 12th. We also talked about Champions League, how he thinks the crew will perform in that. And the, I guess the most important and kind of juicy topic would be uh, sta- stadium naming rights and, and where he thinks that deal is just in terms of the importance and what that can do for the club. So here's that little clip from our interview. What's the going rate for stadium naming rights? And I guess just generally, how important is that deal for the future of this club? The stadium naming rights is, is, is critical. It's, well, it's vital, vital for the long-term health and well-being of the club in terms of us achieving our vision. I think first and foremost, it, it's a commitment from a partner that sees the world in a similar way that we see it, where soccer is a global sport. Columbus is a global city, and our brand and our club is, is hoping to take soccer to the world, right? And I think through uh, the growth of Major League Soccer, through the fact that our country is hosting the World Cup in 2026, this sport is is on the rise. And it's very clear that that is the case. And so there's a number of businesses that we are talking to who understand that. At the same time, there's the opportunity for local businesses to to commit to a community asset that's going to be an icon, an a long-term icon for uh, this city and this this skyline and and for the new sort of the final piece of the of the downtown landscape. So the naming rights is is an opportunity for that company and for the crew to come together and with a shared vision for for this city. And then it, from the club's perspective, we want to generate enough revenues to that all of our corporate partners are helping us um, plan long term so that we can have a competitive roster so that we can do the things we want to do in the community to give back that we can deliver a game day experience that's that's second to none not just in central ohio but across mls so it's important to have a naming rights partner to help deliver those to those goals so that Again, we can achieve what this club has set out to do. So there, there's Jacob with with the crew president and general manager Tim Bezbachenko, and look for all of Jacob's great stuff at Dispatch.com. Kyle is a uh, a click baiting machine with uh, his his numerous galleries. Uh, Kyle, you ready to? Are you ready to shoot some soccer? You ready to get outside and shoot a little? Yeah. Soccer? Yes, I, I want to take pictures of, of teams that like to win. <laughs> oh, geez, there's a there's a shot there. And don't bench their uh, best players. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's there we go. Uh, Hedge and I are going to be talking about that in a few minutes when we record the uh, the cannon fodder. So Philadelphia Union is is the first game, Jacob. Of the uh, of course they're they're going to be here on the uh, what is it the I looked it up. When are they playing the uh, Real? 
April eighth. Real Esteli is April eighth and April fifteenth. April fifteenth yeah. here, and uh, they're going to play the Philadelphia Union here in their MLS home opener on April April eighteenth. And, and when they do announce the schedule, uh, they will have the official opening date for the new stadium. I know they're looking at that first weekend in July, and I think it's pretty safe to say they want that because it is Fourth of July weekend. So, yeah. and you know, with this great vaccine news, the president said yesterday that every He'll direct states to make every adult eligible for vaccine on May 1, and hopefully all adults have it by uh, or will be available to all adults by end of May. So I think we're I'm just extremely hopeful for the summer and, and hopefully getting back to a very close resemblance of the past normal. Some reasonable effects only. Um, uh, my last question for you, young Jacob Myers, is um, this is the Philadelphia Union in for the home opener. Uh, given the commissioner's uh, treatment of unions, does he plan to crush the Philadelphia Union before their, their season even begins as he did crush the uh, MLS Players Union? I think you can answer that yourself, Mike. Yeah, I think I think he would if he could. He'd crush anything. It's maybe they can be the uh, Don Garber. Maybe okay. they can be the Philadelphia hedge funds. There you go. Oh, geez, well, there, there's something to that, I guess. All right, for Jacob Myers. Jacob, great job as usual. Uh, check out all of his stuff at dispatch.com. He's also at underscore JC Myers on the Twitter at K Rob Photo is Kyle Robertson. A wonderful Twitter feed. Um, it, only for the pictures, not for anything else he, he attempts to offer up into the public domain. For Patrick Flaherty uh, or Flaherty, for the purposes of this show, uh, I'm Mike Ares. Thank you for joining us on this edition of The Speakeasy, and we'll talk to you again soon. Patrick, kick us out of here. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.